Epiclovity, carved from the hills by primeval floodwaters. Its soil was black and rich and mocked the desolation of the scorched land only a stone's throw away. Early tomatoes ripened red and hung heavily upon their vines. Carrots, peas, beans, and cabbage had for sixty days past brought forth their goodness from the earth in abundance. Cornstalk stood higher than Brigitte's head. Not an inch of this precious ground was wasted. Carefully she picked each vegetable at its peak to promote the greatest health to the soul blessed to receive of this manna. With greater caution, Brigitte hid her pickings in a weathered basket, covered with a small frayed blanket, and stole carefully in the dim light of early dawn through the maze of a narrow rocky passageway back to her home. She did not allow her sisters, Margaret, age 15, and Catherine, age 12, to help her in this endeavor, fearful that their immaturity might betray the secret of the alcove and its life-giving treasure into the hands of the Nazis. Still the sisters knew the secret of the hidden garden, for the little meadow had been a favorite playground in happier days. So bountiful was Brigitte's harvest that not only did she provide for her father, mother, and two sisters, but she grew enough to sustain the neediest families in Chelin, not by normal standards, of course, but for one who is literally starving, a carrot root is life. Each day, leaving the care of her parents to her sisters, Brigitte ventured out into the village with her basket, covered with an old woolen mantle. However, she had contrived a false bottom. Under this lay a small store of food, concealed by the frayed blanket. Above this, she packed dirty bandages, and to cover the scent of her produce, a smelly ointment. More than once, she was stopped by soldiers and was asked her business. She answered that she had been a nurse's aide, and although she could do little now, she at least desired to bind and care for the wounds of the injured in her village, of which there were many. One look beneath the mantle, and the Germans would disgustedly send her on her way. Brigitte did not fear these soldiers, for they were common Germans, mostly Bavarians of the 36th Infantry, occupational force, based in Toul. They were young men, and reminded Mademoiselle Stone of her brothers. They were mostly polite, and a few she thought handsome and true gentlemen. However, less than a mile from her alcove was the Chateau de Vaucouleur, a great estate and vineyard. It had been taken over by high-ranking SS officers, Nazis, men who drove shiny black cars, wore impeccable uniforms, and strutted with feigned nobility. These, she knew, were men of the biblical order of the whited sepulchre, which appear beautiful outward, but inwardly bear the stain of dead men's bones. Several villagers, both men and women, dear friends of her family, had been summoned to Chateau de Vaucouleur. Soon thereafter, the clear, appalling ring of rifle shots had been heard across the Lemus. Of course, they did not return to their homes. The crimes for which one could be taken to the chateau were both posted and arbitrary. Of the former were crimes such as violation of curfew or the possession of weapons. Of the latter was the crime of displeasing Major Untervelt, the chief of the SS. One inhumane regulation was written boldly on a notice on the door of the four-room hotel at the crossroads. It read, It is a crime punishable by death to withhold provisions from the officers of the Third Reich. Of course, it was quite legal to starve. Brigitte was beloved of all the people of Chelan, since she was old enough to gladden their hearts with her ever-present smile. Her quiet laughter was as the sound of the lark mingled with the soft fluttering of a gentle brook. In a peasant village, there was always hardship. 
and at times unexpected tragedy, but the countenance of Brigitte was ever constant, even as a young child, for she said that God, who notices even the fall of a tiny sparrow, knows much more so of our sufferings. In the end, she believed he would make all things right. Then her smile would shine as the sun, dispelling the darkness of the moment. She was not just a child of spoken faith, but one of faithful service. She would stop her play on the bank of Lamoose to help an old mother carry her load of wet laundry from the pounding rock to the hemp lines to dry. Without invitation, she would pick up a spade and help a neighbor turn their garden soil, and this she did with expert care. The greatest gift she gave these common souls of Shalin, however, was on the morning of the Sabbath, when her clear voice was lifted in the praise of the Savior. Brigitte's song was her testimony. These virtues were inherited from her mother as she grew up.